Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I, I Have, Have a, a Strange, Strange Story, Story Podcast. podcast. <laughs> 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 it didn't work. I don't know. It, it sounded good in my head. All right. Well, we'll Whatever. see. That's we'll what see. we always say. Um, so, welcome to the podcast, where two sisters retell people's strange and paranormal stories and experiences. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Rebecca. And today... And this is the podcast. Sorry, what? And this is the day that we do the podcast. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And today, we're doing something a little bit different, too, for the spooky month Uh of October. Right. And what is it? What's different about today? Today we're going to talk about the thinning of the veil. Uh-huh. Because it's spooky. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not re I'm not retelling any personal stories. I'm talking about a subject of spooky. That's cool. <laughs> it's just spooky. It's just spooky. We're just talking about spooky things. (laughs) So that's what's happening today. And I'm only drinking water, so you may notice I'm not as cute. I'm drinking wine. I apologize for that. I had to cut you off. You're adorbs already. Soup's cute. I Mm -hmm. uh, smashed my face into my microphone earlier, (laughs) and that made Lindsay very happy. That's me being cute. That's how I flirt. I put my face into my (laughs) microphone or a wall or, you know... Whatever. And men just love it. <laughs> I have a really special competition this weekend, and so I can't really be drinking. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're so much better than everybody else. I know. I'm an athlete first. <laughs> and a drinker second. <laughs> My body is a temple, and whenever I have something important to do, mm-hmm. I don't fuck with it. I'm a little worried because we were supposed to give our weights and, you know, I don't know my weight. So I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like 115. I'm pretty sure it's like 130. <laughs> <laughs> I said 115 and they're like, all right, well, we'll have the official weigh in the day of. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Y'all are gonna weigh me? <laughs> like, I haven't taken my weight in years. I base I base it on the way that my clothes fit. Well, why does it matter what you weigh? I think it matters if you, what you weigh whenever you are trying to lose weight. Oh, you're right. Okay. But whenever, like you, you don't need to lose weight. You're doing this for for physical Mind activity. Muscles. Yeah, for, for gaining muscles, and that's going to make you gain weight. Yeah, that's true. But All I right. guess they're not necessarily weighing you to see how much weight you've lost. It could be a weight No, it has too. nothing to do with that. I don't, know yeah. why the, I don't know why they're taking our weights. Okay, well, this has nothing to do with anything. I feel like it's none of their business. I don't know. I just yeah. feel weird. I just prefer, uh, whatever. This is weird that we're talking about this. It is. I don't know how this happened. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Okay. It's okay. So do we have any announcements? (laughs) Um, So we just have a request from you guys. Uh If you don't mind letting us know via an email or whatever social media um, account that we offer you subscribe to, just letting us know, like, if you have a favorite episode that you'd like for us to revisit, because we're going to put something together for our one-year anniversary it is coming up very soon or even a favorite story from an episode yeah even or even 
your favorite. Let us know who is your favorite host. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lindsay. No. Remember when I thought I was going to win that game we played a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. I'm done being like, it's me. I'm going to win. I'll never act that way again. Because boy, did I have egg on my face. Oh, gross. (laughs) Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. So anyways, let us know what your favorite uh, parts of our show is. And we'll uh, talk about that at some point. Uh So that's all that I have. Do you have anything? Um... Oh. No. Okay. Then on with the show, please. Let's do this. This is episode 54. Here we go. Um, so what are you talking about today? Well, it's a little different. And this was new to me. And I've spoken to a few people who already knew about it. So I just want to reiterate that we aren't experts. And I really don't know what I'm talking about. But I thought this was a little spooky. So I thought... I'd share it. And, you know, I'm sure people who are experts don't listen to us. And if they do, it's because we're hilarious. True. They're probably laughing at us because we're so dumb. Yeah. That may, <laughs> that may be. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my topic is about missing 411. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. So if if you don't know what that is, um, basically the number 411 is the classification of missing persons and it's people who all had something in common whenever they went missing um, or the disappearance um, has things in common. Um, So usually it's like disappearance from a national park, um, a certain area or something like that. Um, It's under odd circumstances. And then there's usually not a cause for the person to go missing. Right. Okay. Okay. So, in the world of missing people, if you're classified as a 411, it's because you meet all that criteria for being missing. Okay. okay. So there's a book about the missing uh, missing 411, and it was written by this guy named David um, Polides or Polides. I don't know how to say his last name. But, you know, we'll just call him David for now. <laughs> um, so he was a former police detective. He actually wrote a book first on the reality of Bigfoot. And that's kind of what got him in this like paranormal um, field. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a part. He's the president of the research group for North American Big- Bigfoot Search. Oh, sweet! Yeah, he's really that's into awesome. Bigfoot. Really into him. Um, so, anyways, he also started looking into unsolved cases of people missing, and this is where the four eleven comes in. Um, so, you know, just a little bit about missing people. Did you know there's like ninety thousand missing people? Like 90,000 from when? Mm, I don't know. They're just, you know, missing. I don't like know whenever they cut it off. I mean, no. I don't think for... I mean, think in general, like in all. Okay. There's 90,000 missing people. It's a lot of people. It is. But that's a good question. I don't know whenever they decide you're not missing anymore. When you're found. You're gone. I don't know. Missing, to me, implies that you're, you could be found. And they're, they haven't decided that you're dead. Okay, gotcha. Does that make sense? It does. You're right. Whenever you're found, you're not missing anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so something that he picked up on is that in these cases of missing people that are categorized as 411, 
sometimes they'll be in popular areas. So you may assume that they go missing from like rural areas, but a lot of times it's from like popular places where people hike all the time. Oh shit. Um, and he also found that a lot of these people that go missing, they're proficient in hiking and camping and hunting and they like know backwoods shit. They know mm-hmm. they're survivalists basically that go missing. Right. Um, he also noticed that there's a disappearance like hotspot. And one of those places is Yosemite National Park. Oh, in man. California. I know. Why do you say, oh, man? Because, I mean, I kind of want to go there, but now I don't. I know. I want to go there, too. <laughs> um, so he he's looked at a ton of cases, and all of his research is done through open records. So open records, basically, government entities have something called open records. You can request any type of documentation, emails, reports from the federal government or your local government, and they have to give it to you. Um, there's rules with it and, you know, sometimes they'll black out information, redact it is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, or sometimes they'll charge you for it. If it's so many pages, you have to pay money to get the report. So anyways, that's how he does his research. But you could be anybody and ask for this or can, should you have to be a police officer? No, you're a member of the public and you can request it. Wow. Yeah. Cause the, the government, there has to be transparency. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, So that's how he would get all of his reports. And he started asking for these reports from these national parks who would do these investigations or were a part of the best investigations. So Wilson has joined us. Is there in the room with you? No, he's outside (laughs) the room. He's not outside. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I'm going to talk about four of the cases that he talks about. Mm Mm-hmm. Just to illustrate how they're all kind of connected and how it's kind of spooky and weird. Oh, I can't wait. I love this. Okay. So there was one young girl who was 14 years old. Her name was Stacy, and she went missing in 1981. She and her family went horseback riding. Um, She was with her dad. They got to the camp, and when they got there, she decided she was going to go for a walk. This is all in Yosemite National Park, okay? Um. She asked a couple people if they would go with her, and nobody wanted to go. She was going to walk down to the lake because she wanted to take a picture of of the lake. Um, And it wasn't very far. You could apparently hear it from where they were stationed. Um, The area wasn't known to have predators. There were no issues that anybody was aware of. So um, she went to the park, or she went to the lake and then just never came back. Oh, no. There was no noise. There was no screaming. Um, the only piece of evidence that they ever found was the lens to her camera and that was it. Oh my gosh. They, it was nine days of searching for her. There was over a hundred people looking for her. There were dogs, there were helicopters, everything. Never found a trace of her body. So this is a 1981. Okay. Next case. This is the case of a mystery man and this is a 1968 So in 1968, a man's body was found in the crevice, or a crevice not far from the lake where Stacy had disappeared from. Hmm. Um, He was never identified, and there was no evidence of any type of, like, blunt force trauma that could have killed him. So he didn't have broken bones. He didn't have bruises on the outside of his body to indicate that he fell and hit his head. 
There was nothing like that. He appeared to be in perfect condition inside like the crevice between some rocks, just dead. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, nobody knows who knows who it was either. Oh. Yeah, he's a mystery man. Never identified. Yeah. Okay, so that's in 1968. So another case, 1976. Um, a mile from where the mystery man was, a 25-year-old man disappeared, and there was no evidence ever found of him. Same thing as Stacy. Um, there was no evidence. He just disappeared, vanished. They never found anything over him. Hmm. Okay. There's another case in 1988, Timothy Barnes. Um, so northeast from where the mystery man was found in the crevice, um, Tim also, he just vanished. Again, no shred of evidence where he went. And the background with all these people, they're all identified as 4'11". Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to disappear. Um, they had no mental health issues anybody was concerned about. They're just gone. What about, so the guy that they found in the crevice, they uh-huh. found him, right? Uh-huh. He was just hanging out there. He was dead. Dead. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. No reason for it. Like, he didn't no, starve. No, there was no, the autopsy, there was nothing to reveal what killed him. Wow, that's weird. So, three of the cases, they just never found anyone's body. The mm-hmm. only evidence they found out of any of them was the camera lens from the girl. And then there was the mystery man where his body just effing showed up and nobody knew who he that's was or what happened. so weird. So, you have three mystery disappearance and then mm-hmm. one mystery found that mm-hmm. you don't know who this person is or why they got to that place yeah no one can identify who it is that's so fucking strange and they're all within the same area i mean they're all within a, f- a mile or so of each other oh my god so david talks about how there's hot spots for all these things to happen mm-hmm. and that this is a hot spot for people to disappear from um, there's one more story that's a pretty good story too, but this is in a different area. This was actually in Colorado and it wasn't very long ago. This one is in 2014. Um, so this is a, a doctor, Dr. James, um, McGrogan. I can't read my own handwriting. Sorry about that. So he went on a hiking trip with his friends and this is in Vail, Colorado. I don't mm-hmm. know where that is in proximity. To where you live. Um, I think it's probably about three hours away. Okay. Four hours. I actually just came from Vail whenever I went on vacation. I know. Well, so him and three of his friends decided to go on a nine-mile hike in Vail, and there's snow. Um, Again, he's a very seasoned, like, knowledgeable hiker. He knows what he's doing. He's an outdoorsy guy. Um, So they left at about 9 a.m., And they stopped to rest at about 10 a.m. And he decided that he was going to go ahead. He didn't want to take a break. And he said, you know, y'all will catch up with me or we'll meet. So he took off. They all rested. Um, And then his friends finished and they got to the end of the trail and they couldn't find James. He wasn't there. Um, So finally, around 5.30 p.m., they notified the sheriff department and they started an extensive search. It was about an 18 square mile area that they looked at. Um, again, he was well equipped. He had food, he had water, he had a cell phone, he had an extra battery, he had medical supplies, he had a sleeping bag, he had an avalanche beacon, he had GPS, 
and he had warm clothes. Oh, my God. So he had everything that he needed to survive. He knew what he was doing. Um, so He had everything he needed to be found, too. Yeah, you're right about that. So this is March 14th, whenever he left and disappeared, mm-hmm. was March 14th. Um, so once he disappeared, the evidence indicated that his cell phone would ping about one time a day. Um, and then it finally went dead. So I see your eyes get big. What does ping mean? (laughs) Uh, so I imagine that they probably were trying to locate his cell phone because, you know, you Uh can locate your phone on whatever device or somebody else's device or whatever. And I'm sure that, um, you know, responded, uh, response, emergency response people probably have something that they can find your, your phone and lock into it. And so what they'll do is, or even if somebody called it, mm-hmm. like they can track that signal to where that is located. And, um, and so they were able probably to do that once a day. Okay. Yeah. Right. I guess so. Does that make sense to you? Basically, the phone was able to be located once a day. So why didn't why they didn't find him? Maybe it pinged to different locations, or they went to that spot and he wasn't there. That's bizarre. Okay, Mm -hmm. so um, this is in March. Remember, it's snowy. So they searched for him on for three days. People on foot, people on snowmobiles, helicopters. Um, and then on March 18th, they had to end the search due to the weather. So it got really snowy and they couldn't look for him anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, did you hear that thunder? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, so that's, it was about a thousand hours that they spent searching for this person and then about five days and they found nothing. So 20 days later, about four and a half miles off the trail, they found his body and his body was in um, a frozen waterfall, and it was um, laying in a sheet of ice. So when they found his body, he had his helmet on. Um, he didn't have his coat on. He didn't have his gloves on, and he didn't have his boots on. <gasps> what? His cell- yeah. His cell phone was in his bag, and his boots were never found anywhere. Um So this is weird. They determined that he died of multiple injuries. They said that he had head trauma. Remember, he had his helmet on when they found him. Um, And he had a broken femur. Oh, fuck that. His death was ruled an accident. So, like, this is another weird, like, what the fuck? (laughs) If this guy is, like, was so advanced, right? So there's all these different theories about these people missing. And... Some people call bullshit and they say that the statistically the amount of people who have gone missing in these national parks in these condensed areas, it's it's not a significant amount. And so we can't gather and generalize any information from it. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it hasn't. The frequency of it is not enough for us to say this is a place where people disappear. Right. Okay. It's not like, what is it, Skinwalker Ranch? Is that what it's called? Wait, how are you relating that to Skinwalker Ranch? Because that's, that's, we talk about that as a hub for shit to happen. Okay, I see what you mean. Yes. Okay, and so we can't talk about these parks as if they're a hub for shit to happen. Okay. But he's saying we can. He's saying that he thinks there's enough evidence that shit's happening here. Um, 
So he doesn't ever really give an explanation for what he thinks happens. He just thinks that everything is weird enough that it needs to go in a book and people need to be aware of it. So one of the things that the only piece of evidence that they thought he thought was weird was that whenever he did the open records request for the 14-year-old girl in ni- that disappeared in 1981, they refused to give him the record. Hmm. The only reason I thought maybe they had a right to do that was because um, she's a kid. She's and her under parents, the age of 18. Yeah, and yeah. her parents were like, I don't want this to be and That could have been the reason. I yeah. didn't buy the book yet. I'm going to buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much he's going to go into that. But I am I am curious to see. So the, the different theories revolve around Bigfoot mm-hmm. being violent and yeah. taking these people. Um, it's also alleged that there's a lot of UFO sightings in these areas. Mm-hmm. So it's alleged that maybe aliens have something to do with it. Um, there's also a theory that it's a serial killer in the area. Oh my God. Worst Eating nightmare. Serial and killing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another, um, theory that it's actually our federal government. That's crooked, and they're, like, kidnapping people and doing whatever with them. I just don't buy into that. <laughs> Do I you? don't know what I believe anymore. Like, are, <laughs> like, federal agents are just, like, hanging out in the trees being like, look, that girl's by herself. Get her. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, one thing this did make me start thinking about is um, Rachel Cook from Georgetown, Texas, who disappeared. Mm-hmm. What year was it that she disappeared? Um, 2001, 2001 or through 2002. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a, there was a girl from our hometown named Rachel Cook who went for a jog one morning and disappeared and fucking no evidence was ever found on this girl ever. Yeah. They interviewed everybody. And at one point, if you look it up, you'll see that somebody what went to trial and mm -hmm. somebody was sentenced but they later said it wasn't me that they'd made it all up so this family's never gotten any rest from it but yeah it was in broad daylight too she went out Uh for a routine jog in her neighborhood 9 a.m i think it was 9 a.m people saw her and witnessed her running and they actually saw her like two houses away from her own home Uh but nobody saw her go home Uh and nobody saw what happened to her and they, they drug the lake in Georgetown, and it was the same thing. There were people on foot. I mean, I was in high school when she was kidnapped, and they um, – that's like the school shut down. It's like everybody was dismissed because they were all dismissed to go walk on foot to look for this woman. Wow. She was in college at this point. I think she had graduated the year before. Mm-hmm. So it was just a bizarre case, but there's a couple other cases in Georgetown of um, – missing people. I think I've talked about them one time. There was the girl in the orange socks who was found in Georgetown on the side of the highway. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always going to be multiple cases wherever you live of people missing or disappearing. I just thought it was interesting because hers, hers lines up with a 411. So she must be a 411. Probably. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so weird. You know, what is really weird and, and awful too, because you and I, we have connections with Rachel. Like, I went to school with her. You knew uh, her family. You went to school with her family. 
um, with her sister. She was a yeah. year younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Rachel. She was a year younger than me, but we were in the same choir class together. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever you, so to, to me, I feel like it's, it's kind of personal just in the sense that we went to school together and that we lived in the same town in Georgetown, Texas is one of the safest cities that you could ever live in. That's true. Reading like the police report and the shit that came after it, how poorly it was handled Mm -hmm. just makes you realize like kind of what, how crappy of a job that some, some emergency response people do. Yeah. I mean, like they don't take it seriously. They're like, oh, she's just rebelling. And the thing is, is that she's not that type of person. Her family can tell them that. And the cops are like, no, it's just a thing that kids do. They rebel. And they're like, why would she fucking rebel? She doesn't even live at home. She's vi- she's vi- visiting I think from college. They botched the case, basically. Yeah. Right? Because they didn't even interview everyone. They didn't but interview they her parents. And they didn't interview her boyfriend. And she had a, a couple of boyfriends who were kind of um, possibly had issues. Yes. Right. And they didn't interview anyone who was close to her. It was real weird. It was. It was. They were. Georgetown is such a tight knit kind of group for for certain families, I think. Uh-huh. Um, not us, because we didn't socialize with anybody. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that with the, the police department, they just had a feeling in their heart. They were like, mm-hmm. Oh no, we're not going to put you through that trauma. We're not going to interview you. And they probably thought they were doing the family a favor whenever they were actually just, you know, not doing a good job for an investigation. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. they could have gathered some good information from them. They could not have. saying that they did it, but they could have gotten good information. It's and they true. Didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to dinner with her boyfriend at the time. Oh, after with that, a Rachel's group of us went. Yeah, with her from he was from California or mm-hmm. he lived in California. Okay, uh huh. Because I think, I think the following year he came in, into town, and um, my roommate at the time was best friends with her little sister. Yeah, and we had all gone out to see Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then we all went to dinner. And so I, um, we went, I can't think of the name of the place. Everyone loves that place. It's the breakfast place. But whatever. We went there. Oh, Kirby Lane. Yeah, Kirby Lane. Mm-hmm. We went there and he talked about Rachel gone missing and how distraught he was. It was it was an uncomfortable <laughs> dinner. I can imagine. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird that he was even there. He came in from california to spend christmas with her family a year after she disappeared um i don't think that that's that weird in a way because i think that i think that he really loved her i mean not to say that you you know whatever but like he he may have felt very close to her family i don't know i i just don't think that that's that weird I think that um, have you he was read, probably mourned. He was probably mourned. You've read the case her. on all this, haven't you? I've read. Uh, I haven't read like the police report, but I've read news articles about it. I don't know if it was the police report, but there was a there was a documentary. I thought about this. Maybe I'm thinking of another person who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, so those are four elevens. You're welcome. 
Mm-hmm. Be careful of parks, <laughs> national parks. I know. Thank you for that. I appreciate um, it. It's interesting. I mean, and so the the book, it's a shit ton of cases, man. It's not. I mean, I just pulled four of them because they were all in the same location. Yeah. One. But, there's a really cool um, uh, missing. Not well, they're not missing, but it's like a weird um, like way that these hikers died. It's it's yeah. the uh, Devatlov Pass, I think it's in Russia, and uh, it was like four or five experienced hikers that went along this pass, and they were doing it because they were trying to get like a certification, so they knew their shit. They knew what they were doing. Okay, they were survivalists, just like you said. Mm-hmm. There was five of them, and they were supposed to meet somewhere to, I don't know, to go home or to get more supplies or something like that, and they never showed up. And they actually found the bodies, but it's the same kind of situation. Like, they didn't have their shoes on. What it the was, fuck? It was fucking cold. Like, there was snow on the ground. They didn't have they, their fucking shoes they on? They didn't have their shoes on. They, like, busted out through their tents and... Uh, I think that some of them were found like face down, like in the river and that's it. I'm, it's just so weird. I'm done. (laughs) Where are you you going? I'm leaving this world. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, man. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not cool, but it's like, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. They didn't have their shoes on. They didn't. And it was cold. It's not like. Yeah, same with this guy that was yeah. under the fucking frozen waterfall. Yeah. It's so Well, they weird. take their shoes off. Hey, guys, it's cold. Well, especially, like, if you have a broken femur, you can, you're not going to be able to take your fucking shoe off. You can't bend. You can't. It's going to be too painful to bend forward and take your shoe off. Maybe the shoe was taken off and then the femur was broken. Maybe. You're right. I don't know. Either way. Fuck that shit. That's why I don't go camping. <laughs> well, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a good topic. I love it. It's a fun... I think it's paranormal, right? Definitely. I mean, if it's our show, am I right? It's above the normal. That's what paranormal means. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's your turn, girl. So I have uh, a, a spoopy and apropos topic that I'm going to uh-huh. talk about. And uh, I'm going to lay it on you. This is about the thinning of the veil, motherfuckers. So, so at this point, not at this point, but at this time of the month, this is kind of the spooky season, right? Like, we just love this scary shit that's going on and for some reason we embrace it like what is it about the possibility of being scared or seeing a ghost or whatever that is thrilling to us right now it's it's really it's it's an interesting topic so i'm going to talk about that um for one thing you know cultures all over the world celebrate the dead and it's usually around this time, like fallish. It's whenever the leaves are turning, things are dying, um, it's getting chilly, and um, and why not celebrate the people that have passed? 
Um, the veil is a metaphor, a metaphoric barrier that we cannot touch, we can't see, we can't feel. Um, so why do we feel like this is thin right now? Why do we feel like we can communicate with spirits? So I'm just going to retell a little bit of stupid drunk history about Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I say drunk history because I'm, I've had a few sips of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell this in my own way because this this brought me down a rabbit hole. Like, I didn't realize there was so much history with Halloween. I thought it was fairly cut and dry in my mind, but it's not. So we think that Halloween began as the um, pagan tradition called Samhain. And it's where it's the, it's kind of the mid solstice. It's the fall solstice. It's, it's the harvesting time. It's between summer. It's between winter. It's right after your hard work of, Harvesting your of of planting your crops, growing your crops, you know, making food supplies for the winter. So it's this time when you're harvesting your crops, things are dying, and also we're gonna party like it's 1999 because we have worked so hard and we deserve it. And so, like, why not invite the dead? Am I right? Like yeah. all your this is a way to honor the people that have died, the people who have you've. Um, or maybe the a deity that you have prayed to or um, subscribed to to help you grow your crops and stuff like that. And so, um, so you invite the dead to your table at that point, and you give them offerings, you feed them, you give them whatever they liked in in real whenever they were alive, just to thank them, as you should. And so, so what I believed, what I thought in my mind was true was that whenever um, Christianity started to take over religions, whenever they were like, you need to praise one God, and that's the real true, real, true God, and you need to give up all of your, your holidays and whatever and, and do this. So what I thought, and probably you thought too, is that Christians came into the pagan land and they were like, hey, pagans, this is what's up. You're going to subscribe to our God. You're going to um, give up all of your traditions and you're just going to, you know, be miserable in our religion and then you die and then you're going to be happy finally. And uh, they were like, fuck that. No, we like to party. We're pagans and there ain't no party like a pagan party because a pagan party (laughs) celebrates with dead people. And... And then Christians are like rebuttaled. They're like, okay, I see your pagan party. How about this? We have Christian parties and they're the same exact day as your pagan parties, except for Samhain. On Samhain, it is the, it is the day after what you celebrate Samhain and it's called um, All Saints Days or All Hallows Days. And they're like, cool, we're going to celebrate that. But guess what? We're also going to celebrate hallow eve all hallows eve and we're going to celebrate it our way and we're going to honor the dead and get spooky with this shit and so you know where this is going like so they started celebrating all hallows day uh, or all hallows eve een e-e-n is an old derivative of eve and then you know just put it together it's 
Halloween. Um, so this is what I thought to be true. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought Me it too. was. Yeah. Um, but the deeper I dived into this um, topic, the more I realized is that actually Christians had a Day of the Dead celebration as well. Were they honor the dead? Were they honored the dead? Yes. Right. And I'm not saying that they didn't do this, but uh-huh. but I my mind is being changed that it wasn't because of this that they made All Saints Day or um or that's kind of how Halloween came. I think that maybe this was a ritual that probably a lot of people have been celebrating, regardless of their religion or their um where they live. So and the thing about figuring shit like this out is very difficult because the pagan religion is mostly like a Celtic kind of religion or came from the Celtics. And there's no written history generally with Celtic background. Hmm. They either weren't allowed to do it or they just didn't do it. And so what you hear about their history is what other people wrote about it. Okay. And we all know how that goes. Yeah, that's bad news bears. It's super bad news bears. So The Mormons take it under control for themselves because they're really good historians. Well, FYI. yeah. Well, it's, just, it's the th- same thing with every history lesson that you learned. Mm-hmm. It, is one, it is the victor side that you hear. And so... Um, so I, I can't say exactly where Halloween came from, and I don't think that anybody really can put their finger on it. I think that we have an idea, but I think that this is a culture that spans um, far and wide throughout the world, that we celebrate the dead. And it's not always in October. It's sometimes September, sometimes it's May, sometimes it's July, sometimes it's August, but people celebrate the dead in different cultures in different ways. Um, okay. So anyways, um, back to the veil. Um, at this time, we, as human beings that probably live in a modern society, like to concentrate very hard on this feeling, this spooky feeling, this is the time, this is the place, <laughs> we're going to call the corners and invoke Manol. And, <laughs> and also at this time, psychics and clairvoyant people, clairsentient people are able to communicate better with the dead. So that is one way to kind of gauge this quote unquote veil is that your, your clairs are more sensitive. Um, you can, you can appreciate things a little bit easier this way, but how are, but still like why at this time of the year? And what I've heard and what I think is that because at this time of the year, we're expected to. We're expected to think this is the spooky time. This is the time that we're able to communicate with spirits a little bit easier. Therefore, it is. Therefore, all of us as a collective are concentrating on it, and that makes the veil thinner. So, you know what I mean? Jeez, that's kind of creepy. It is a little bit creepy. And so we uh, put this upon ourselves. Yes. So, okay. you know, uh, you know, people talk about like the power of prayer and how that hurt works and then like meditation and manifesting and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, maybe that is, that does have something to it that we all put our minds to something and we're able to uh, 
cross over for a little bit or have our friends that are passed away crossed over a little bit because we're just thinking that this is an expectation in a way. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that's why, (laughs) in my opinion, and probably of other people's opinions is why at this point in time, we're able to, um, to have a thinner veil, to be able to contact spirits and, and communicate with them a little bit better because we are manifesting it on our own. The power of the human mind. Am I right? It's crazy. Mm. <laughs> um, anyways, so there's a lot of cultures that, that, uh, that celebrate this. And I thought it was really cool. I just wanted to touch on a few of them. Um, in Japan, Around August 15th, they have the Oban Festival, and that's where people will return to their hometowns. They'll spend time with friends and family. They'll light bonfires. Our favorite, Dia de los Muertos, is uh, or All Saints Day or All Souls Day. Um, it's the return of spirits, and they fucking party. Like, they have parades. They have food. They have dancing. It's a lot of fun. Um in Korea, there's something called uh, Chuseok, I think, and it's celebrating the harvest, and it's giving thanks to the dead, and there's lots of food and lots of cleaning. So it's kind of cleaning of graves, I'm sorry. And so it's still kind of this, you know, everything is dying. You know, I think that's kind of a reminder to celebrate the dead, too. Um, I have a couple of tips on how you can contact the spirits. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So after you do that, I have a couple of tips on how to stay safe. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So first and foremost, what you should do is honor the dead. And how you can do this is give them offerings. So it can be anything from like, especially if you want to contact or communicate with, um, friends and family that have passed on is leave offerings of food and drinks that they liked whenever they were alive. Um, a lot of cultures will set up altars and they'll do this. They like Dia de los Muertos. They do it. I don't know, maybe, uh, two days a year, but in some cultures, like I think in Japan, they make offerings to the dead every single day. They have like an altar set up in your, their house. Um, so tobacco, music, pot, anything that they liked whenever they were alive, just, you know, leave it out there. And, and that's, that can be considered an offering. Um, one thing you can do to contact spirits, and whenever I talk about this, I'm not saying to go out and do it. <laughs> There's a little disclaimer, just be careful about it. Yeah, just don't do it. Just be careful or don't do it. Um <laughs> So, of course, number one is a Ouija board. No, We've talked about this before. Shut yeah. Up. Fuck up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it must be three players or more. No, you stop this. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> oh, Dude, okay. you can get a freaking Ouija board and you you can get it from Toys R Us. No, they're gone. You can get it from somewhere else and it's eight years old and up. So you can summon a demon oh my whenever God. you're eight. I'm going to start a petition. 
I'm going to talk to all the managers. Excuse of me. Of all the stores. <laughs> I'm going to write right. a very strong lettered, lettered word. Uh, oh, yeah. Letter. Oh, strong worded Strongly letter. Strongly worded letter. Gosh. It's the wine. You're man. welcome. Yeah. So Ouija boards. Three players or more. Be respectful and say goodbye. Don't forget to say goodbye. And if the planchette starts to um, form the figure eight on your board, get the fuck out of there. Say goodbye and leave and throw your board away or I don't know. But that means it's bad. So, yeah, figure eight. Don't do that. Um, There's something called a Yarzit candle. And you can get this candle in the kosher section at your store. Um, And it's kind of flame work. So... You light the candle, and then you you probably meditate or concentrate, and then you start to ask questions. And it can a- answer a yes or no question. And so, what what I had read is that the yes or the the yes can go back and forth, and a no can go straight up. But my advice to you is establish a yes or no question. Okay. So whenever you Ask the candle a question. Make sure it's a question that you know what's going to be a yes or no. And that's how you establish it. I have Um, an idea for a question. What's your question? Do IPA beers taste like cat pee-pee? Yes or no? (laughs) I mean, if if I were communicating through you, to you through the candle, I'd be like, yes, motherfucker. And I would like (laughs) burn like really fucking high. But I would say, meow. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. But yeah, but something that you know a yes or no question is going to be. So it'd have to be like, is my name Lindsay? Uh, gotcha. You know what I mean? Because All right. IPA flavor is an opinion. I know. Personal taste. Gotcha. Okay. Another way is to do a seance. I know we're getting real deep into this. Ugh. So for a seance, you need open-minded people, a medium, or a psychic. And they say you don't necessarily have to have a medium or a psychic, psychic, but somebody that has maybe clairvoyance abilities or they have um, experience with ghosts or spirits, um, that person can be like fill-in for a medium. Um, The rule with that is do not break the chain until you're finished. So you're supposed to be holding hands and in a circle or whatever. Um, Just don't don't let go of anybody's hands until you are ready to say goodbye, until you're finished. Yes. Okay. North, south, east, west. (laughs) Invoke (laughs) Manol. So many craft references on this episode. Um, And then the other way, and these are going to be a little bit kinder, a little bit nicer. So meditation. So clearing your mind of your, your ego brain or whatever is a good way to open it up to other possibilities Um, and wait for signs. Follow your gut. If you feel something some way, that might be something communicating with you. And I'm just going to I'll tell you, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, the other thing, uh, the other way to communicate with spirits is, and I'm on the fence about this one, as much as I love the paranormal and like to believe everything, sometimes dreams are a little iffy with me, but dreams can be a form of communication. So, 
Um, if you think you're getting a message from somebody th- from the other side, it might be. You probably are. So try to figure that out. And so I, I say that because I, I, I feel like I've communicated with people that have died. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, in my dream. But the reason why I'm skeptic about it is because I don't feel like I can interpret every single dream into a message. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe, yeah, that's just me. Um, another cool way to do it is uh, with a pendulum, if you have one. I have a pendulum. It was actually gifted from um, Spirit Moon Antiques. Mm-hmm. And she said we can either give it away or we can keep it. And I kept it. (laughs) And uh, communicating with a pendulum is a way to ask spirits yes or no questions. So same thing, establish a yes or no answer. You hold it in your hand. Um, I like to keep it still. And then you say, is my name Rebecca or is my name Lindsay? And whichever way the pendulum swings is your answer. And then you can communicate that way. Um, so one thing that I did recently, so after I had my interview with the Witchy Women podcast, I learned a lot from her. And oh. she's very clairvoyant and she she's a medium and she can talk to ghosts or spirits or whatever. And so she's like, you know, it's it's more of a gut feeling. It's a different way of communication. It's not necessarily a verbal, like, you're not hearing a whisper in your ear. Some people might hear that, but not everybody does. Uh, she was telling me that she can see pictures in her head. And so what I, what happened one day is I was sitting at the desk, and I got a dizzy feeling. And just for funsies, I grabbed my pendulum and I established a yes or no question. And I said, uh, is there something that you want? And the pendulum swing swung in a yes answer. And then I got a vision of this, um, jar of water that I have. (laughs) I know that's a really weird thing to say, but I have like this jar of water that I, um, that I put some crystals into and I Uh charged it with my crystals. I don't know what I did. Actually, I can't remember exactly what I did with that water, but I kept it for some reason. I like cleaned my crystals or something with it. I can't remember. And I kept the water and I put it in a jar and, um, I got a vision of that jar in my head. Mm -hmm. And so I said, do you, do you want me to open that jar? And the pendulum swung, yes. And so I went and I opened the jar. And then um, a little while later, I felt a little dizzy again. And I was thinking in my head, I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to take my dog for a walk in the park. And I thought that this was uh, a vision that I was getting from a spirit like to ask me a question or whatever. So I got my pendulum out again. I was like, Hey, do you need something? Because what I've learned about this guy, this spirit or whatever, is that they don't like to be talked to. <laughs> Cause they have, I have asked, is somebody here? And I get a yes. And I said, do you want to communicate? And they say no. And so, <laughs> so I got my pendulum out and I said, Hey, did you want me to bring you back something from the park? And it just said, no. And I said, do you want me to, do you want to talk? And it said no. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Do you want some alone time? Yeah. So oh. sometimes 
you trust your gut this is and in your current home yeah what the fuck i don't get Lindsay. the thing is is i don't get anything else weird like there's nothing that goes on in my house there was that a cup that couple of times you know that like the tv volume turned up and something oh i was looking for my headphones and i couldn't find them and i said where are my headphones and then they just automatically showed up on my desk after i looked on my desk but i don't i don't think that if there is anything in the house or if i even have anything in the house that it's actually gives a fuck about my life and wants to talk to me i wonder why it's hanging around hmm I wonder why it's hanging around. Um, Is it connected to the kitchen sink? Maybe it's connected to the kitchen sink. Maybe hmm. it's just here be- passing through. Maybe okay. it, you know. Oof, maybe I'm it's just a pendulum ever in my house. Okay. Yeah, you probably don't want to. Because <laughs> you're haunted that as sounds, fuck. That sounds scary. Yeah. It was fine. Huh. It's fun. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So try getting a pendulum. They're really cute. They're really fun. If you want to communicate with spirits. Do you want me to tell you how to stay safe during this time? Please. Okay. So I read that like you can have natural grounding stones with you at all times. And that'll help you be protected while this veil is thin. What uh, uh what kind of stones ground? Like Grounding. onyx? Mm-hmm. Or smoky quartz. Okay. So there you go. Pick some of that up if you're feeling a little weird. If you're feeling a little woozy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can cleanse your space with sage. Mm-hmm. So I actually got some sage this weekend. And I'm going to do that this week for this house because I haven't saged this house. So I'm going to do that. I also got some witchy candles that have amethyst stones in them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it the one that I made? No. Because it has amethyst. Oh, and the other thing you can do to stay safe is honor the dead. Oh. Like you talked about. Yeah. But you can honor them by, like, having pictures of them around or what was the other thing? Or a memento about them to let them know that they're honored. That's nice. And that you appreciate them. That's cool. So, yeah, if... That's for your loved ones. Um, be respectful. Be kind. Don't yeah. don't be a dick. It also talks about getting plenty of sleep. Oh, okay. You need a lot of rest at this time, and you also need to drink a lot of water because mm-hmm. water is a cleansing agent. Okay. I personally wish for all the water you drank, it like burned X amount of calories, but that's not the case. Oh, God, that'd be so cool. Wouldn't it be amazing? Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so those are the things that you can do if you're feeling a little weird. A yeah, little you weirdo. can also take um, a bath, like a salt bath. Oh, like Epsom salt? Like Epsom salt or Himalayan salt, rock oh, salt or yeah, whatever. That more yeah. romantic as Himalayan. Yeah, I have some pink salt. I don't have a bathtub. Oh. I can get in the sink. We can do old school <laughs> baby can, style. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a bucket. <laughs> I can put my legs on one side of the sink and my butt in the other. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Cleansing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's cool. Well, shit. That's all I got. That's all I've got, girl. Sweet. These are Good our episode. Weirdo, our weird Halloweeny stuff. And then we'll be back to our regular show. Our, when is our next show? Yeah, Halloween will be gone. We'll be done with this shit, you guys. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a story you want us to read when we're done with this shit, send it in. <laughs> to I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com. So we can read your story. And then you'll be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe, rate, and review us. Uh, if you do any of those things, take a snapshot of it. Send it to our email address with your physical mailing address, and we will mail you some stickers. If you would like to mail us something, and Charlie, I know that you did. I don't think we've checked the mail yet. Uh, our... <laughs> Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2292, Georgetown, Georgetown, Texas. That's G E O R G E T O W N 78627. And that's all. That's all. And that's all. And have a happy Halloween. Stay safe and be nice mm. to dead people. Yeah. Stay safe. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.